4: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. ...around America and our great TV partner, Peacock. You can watch for free. Download the app. We'll have a poll question. we got a play of the day, stat of the day coming up. We'll check in with the Dallas Cowboys in a little bit and uh, we'll take a trip around the NFL. Chris Sims from NBC Sports Football Night in America will join us as well. Had baseball last night. The Dodgers up three games to two. You got the Bears and the Rams coming up tonight. A lot of good football over the weekend. It was great to have the Big Ten back. The Steelers the only undefeated team and the Jets remain the only winless team. Back to baseball. If you're a baseball fan... And you're a baseball fan who doesn't root for the Rays. You're probably pulling for Clayton Kershaw. Last night, at least, I think. Game five of the World Series. And maybe you don't care if the Dodgers win or not. But we want to see great athletes be great in big moments. Because that's how you add to your legacy. You can even make a name for yourself. His regular season numbers put him in the all-time territory. He just hasn't shown up in the biggest moments until this year. He pitched five and two-thirds last night, and the Dodgers go up three games to two. He's now 2-0 and in the World Series. It's not dominating Kershaw, but it is good enough Kershaw. And if you're Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, you'll certainly take it. And if the Dodgers go on to win the World Series, Kershaw will have done a lot to put the playoff narrative behind him, or at least add another chapter, a positive one. And it's a good thing. We want to see our best players perform And and probably a huge load off of Kershaw's mind as he rewrites a legacy in real time this fall. Corey Seager is probably your MVP so far through five games. I like how he goes one for three as batting average drops below 500. But you've got a lot of contributions here and certainly getting Kershaw in there. Bullpen always makes me nervous. Remember when throwing 100 miles an hour was a big deal? When I was growing up, there were a couple of guys who threw 100 miles an hour. Uh, Bob Feller, I think, was maybe one of the first guys on record as throwing 100 miles an hour, at least close to it. Nolan Ryan would occasionally go over 100 miles per hour. It's interesting when you throw 100 miles an hour. It seems like that's really fast. But if you throw it straight with no movement, they're going to hit it. You know, the thing that you have, if you have movement, I'd rather have 96 miles an hour in movement than just flat-out 100 miles. I'd rather have 94 with movement than 100. Dustin May came in last, last night. He threw 100, 101, I think, at one point. And now we just sort of expect it. You know, you, you have you know certain guys who come in. It feels like every guy who comes in from the bullpen is throwing at least 98 miles an hour. Like, there are times when I see Kershaw, and I'll go... I'm throwing 92 miles an hour. Like, what? You're throwing salad up there. You know, 92 miles an hour. What's wrong with you? But he has great movement there. That's the big difference. But uh, watching last night, these guys just come in and they bring it. And these guys go into the plate. All they do is swing and try to use that velocity to hit it out of the ballpark. But uh, up three games to two. And uh, we'll have more on the Dodgers with that win last night coming up a little bit later on this program. Brought to you by Breeders' Cup, November 6th and 7th. The world's best thoroughbreds compete in 14 exhilarating races at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more at breederscup.com slash 2020. Catch all the action live on NBC
6: Sports. Got a poll question, McLevin? Got a lot of options off the weekend. Um, I want to start on the disappointing side Mm -hmm. for the NFL. All right. Start negative. All right. Who's the team that is most disappointing this season? I think it's obvious to start with the Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans, mm-hmm. New England Patriots below on this list, and the Vikings, even though I think they were to buy this week, but they've also been pretty disappointing. Who's the team that like, oh, God, how does this team not playing well?
5: Well, with what happened in Dallas with the injuries, I'm, I'm not as surprised that they're bad. I'm surprised they're so bad in the first half. They give up 20 points in the first half. I think they've done that every game so far this season. They get, they're bad early. And you lose to Washington. I'm not surprised they lost. I'm surprised at how they lose. New England losing at home. Cam gets benched. I'm surprised. Remember we thought it wasn't, you know, that's why we react. We have a referendum every Monday. Overreaction Monday. Oh, Belichick's figured it out. Uh, he's got his team. Cam's in there. Cam can make these weapons look better than Tom did. Well, that didn't look good yesterday against the 49ers. But I would say New England's been a disappointment. When you lose like that at home, I, I would say Minnesota is probably the one that really stands out because they should be good. They, I mean, Kirk Cousins, I'm not asking him to be Russell Wilson. I'm just asking him to be a good quarterback, and you got a good running back. You found another good receiver in uh, in Jefferson. Uh, you have a tight. I mean, it feels like you had everything. You're right on the cusp of that, and now it just feels like it's falling apart. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're shipping out you know more players before the trade deadline. The Texans, I was never sold on just because I didn't like you know Bill O'Brien in either position there. More as the GM, I didn't like him and. You know, you're seeing that, too. That's a team that's got a, you know, now they're in trouble and they're going to be in trouble in years to come. Uh, Who else was on there, McLevin? The Patriots? Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned them. Yeah.
6: Uh, But I I don't know if they're a disappointment. It's like one of those teams like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have expected that much.
5: Well, it's Belichick. He's not tanking. Remember, people thought, oh, would Belichick tank? And I'm thinking, I don't think Bill's going to tank. And then we thought, oh well, Cam, and then Cam's running the ball, and then they were playing good defense, and all of a sudden we thought, okay, with this formula and the AFC East, and look, we still have a lot of time left here. They can still figure this out. I'm not all in on Buffalo being this, you know, singular dominating force in the AFC East, but New England you would think with Belichick will somehow redirect this and figure it out. But when Cam got benched, that was a little bit surprising when they brought it. Jared Stidham, but Dallas—I mean, Dallas—is a mess on the field and off the field. You know, coach, front office, owner—like this is this is a perfect storm, and it's not going to get better anytime soon. Andy Dalton gets hit yesterday, and, and you know, granted, this offensive line might not know Andy's last name, but I'm—I'm I'm, you know they're probably going, yeah, our quarterback Andy uh, got hit. Nobody picks him up. Nobody at least, nobody went over to him. They're just kind of standing around. And those players should be taking a beating today, verbally. And I didn't understand it, where Mike McCarthy, you know, you're, you're trying to get a hold of this team, and you're trying to figure out who they are, and they, it just feels like this is lost. And, it, and uh, you know, when you're Jerry Jones and you're trying to figure this out, like, did we make the right call here with uh, Mike McCarthy? Because if you gave him a do over, I'm going to guess Jerry would probably do it over and bring in somebody else here. But it was just a mess. And it was kind of surprising uh, that this is a. It feels like the Dallas Cowboys got paid, and then they stopped really caring. Now, it, all these guys got paid Zeke, Amari Cooper, the, the lineman, every defensive player, they all got paid, and they're not hungry. And you see that. I mean, this this is a team that has. they they really look defeated. They're not inspired whatsoever. But uh, what else do you have? Poll question wise, McClellan.
6: Okay, one more NFL one. Which on positive, just to get that out of our that taste out of our mouth. Which uh, fan base is most excited about their quarterback after yesterday? The Cardinals with Kyler Murray, the Browns with Baker Mayfield, mm. the Bengals with Joe Burrow, or the Chargers with Justin Herbert? Oh my gosh, is he good? Um, so give it to me again. You got Kyler Murray. Yeah. Looks like a star. Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, or, uh, Justin Herbert?
5: I, I, I think Burrow, like he's going to put up great numbers, but he's going to get beat up this year. They're, they're not good, but he's still, I mean, he throws for 300 yards and he doesn't throw interceptions either. Baker had a great game yesterday. Uh, I'm not sold on that yet. Um, (laughs) I'm not. I, I just, I, 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 we've seen it, but I want to see it consistently. And, you know, that's always been the problem here. Can you continue to do, you beat the Bengals twice this year. I mean, easy here. You've been blown out twice this year. You beat Washington, you beat the Cowboys, and you beat the Bengals twice. So I'm, I know you can only play the teams on your schedule, but it's not like they've proven anything to me. Yes,
6: McLovin. I also have a a baseball one. Mm -hmm. Uh, The pre-show debate. Forget who wins and loses. What is the most exciting play uh, possible in the postseason? Last week, we had robbing a home run versus a walk-off home run. Mm -hmm. Let's add stealing home into that mix, something we didn't expect. Which would be more exciting if it actually worked?
5: Well, trying to steal home is what you're saying because it, it didn't happen. But it doesn't happen very often. Uh, you know, I think in the last 30 years in the World Series, it probably happened maybe one or you know three times, four times, something like that. They
6: said like Lonnie Smith in 1982, yeah. and I think the first the last time it worked was Jackie Robinson, maybe. Yeah, against the Yankees. That's exciting, though.
5: It is, but I would think that uh, the play at the end of Game Four is pretty exciting, although that's not a normal play that you have. Where you have a couple errors and then a guy stumbling around third, and uh, yeah, it was exciting last night you know, to see somebody try to steal home. I, John Smoltz once again had a, a great comment because Clayton Kershaw's in his windup and he he doesn't balk because if he if he steps off like if he stops his delivery, then it's a balk and then uh, Rosarina gets home plate. He, uh, But he stays in his windup, which is so hard to do, I'm guessing. But Smoltz pointed that out. Yeah, Paul.
1: That ending at game four, though, it's like for Dodger history, that's either a funny footnote. Hey, remember that play that happened when we won the World Series back mm. in 2020? Woo, glad we got past this one. Or if they, the Dodgers happen to lose the next two games, it's a stamp of, oh, my gosh, remember this? Yeah. This
5: is the painful moment. Here is uh, Dave Roberts, the Dodger manager, talking about Clayton Kershaw.
0: I just told him uh, I love the way he competes. And, uh, and uh, you know,
1: that's it. And just finish the game cheering on your teammates. Um, it was a gutty performance because, again, I don't think he was his best stuff. And uh, he still found a way to go five plus and
0: put us in a chance, give us a chance to win a baseball game.
5: I mentioned the Cowboys and Andy Dalton gets hit uh, it was a cheap shot. And I, Mike McCarthy, rightfully so, was upset that his players didn't come to Andy Dalton's defense. Here's uh, Coach McCarthy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, I mean, a hit that uh, caused a disqualification. But yeah, well, I mean, we we speak all the time about playing for one another, you know, protecting one another. Yeah, d- definitely, it was, was probably not the response that you would
2: expect.
5: Like, <laughs> I can't want him to be upset. I would be... And I don't think he's a fire and brimstone kind of guy. I mean, he doesn't strike me as a great motivator. Uh, he may be a great offensive-minded head coach, but you've got to get this team's attention here. And you're not going to get their attention saying that. Somebody has got to get in Bostick's face after that hit on Don. Like just, got, you have to do that. I, I'm not saying you know get thrown out of the game, but if it costs you 15 yards, who cares? You're down 22 to three at that point, but they have no life whatsoever. and they have become irrelevant. That's the word you never want to hear with a team. You're irrelevant. Like we don't care. I mean, people will care because it's the Cowboys and how low can they go and people want to pile on and you know hope they only win a couple of games and they get embarrassed, but they're irrelevant. Yes, Todd.
1: If you're one of Dalton's teammates that was on the field after the game, is it too late to talk to him in the locker room for not going to his defense or even today? Or that was your moment to go to him and forget about it now?
5: I don't know. I got I don't know Andy Dalton. I don't know if Andy Dalton could, you know, he might not be in a place where he could understand it or he, he got rattled.
1: But do they need they like Mike, ratt- they need Mike McCarthy to bring it to their attention about how to Well no, they understand. don't.
5: I don't know who the leader is on this team. You know, was it Dak Prescott? Are they that fragile? That's what's surprising. I truly don't know who their leader is. I don't think their head coach is. Their owner probably acts as their leader, but, you know. Apologizing to Andy Dalton now. Hey, Andy, I'm sorry I didn't help you. Yeah, see.
7: But all of these players that we're talking about right now and the Cowboys that are supposed to come to their quarterback's defense are all essentially strangers. Like, they all just joined the team, it feels like. The offensive line, they just came up from the practice squad. Andy Dalton, nobody plays with Andy Dalton. It's weird to, like, rush to the defense of somebody. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, all right, I only know you by, you know, your number.
5: Well, he's got your <laughs> uniform on. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> come Technically. Come on. Yeah. I mean you may have had to roll him over to look and see what his name was on the back of his jersey but still Hey 75 that's that's your teammate there.
7: Right. At least give me the impression you care. Do you remember when I nearly <laughs> lost my life out on the basketball court when I fell and was a centimeter away from uh, almost breaking my jaw? That wasn't in a sanctioned game though. It was that was not. just a pickup. Game. However, <laughs> My teammates, one of them fell on the floor and started laughing. Polly. One of them showed absolutely no emotion whatsoever and just kept shooting. McLovin. Todd, uh, he usually doesn't help anybody at any time, so that was expected.
5: Now, in fairness to the room, I wasn't in there. I did see the video, and then I rushed. Nobody to... rushed to my aid. I walked to your aid. I didn't rush. Like, I was like, dang, <laughs> did you hit your head? And then you go, yeah. I, I, and then we just started laughing. But I did. I walked to your Aid. I didn't rush to your 8. Yes,
1: to be fair, Seaton, you fell because you were playing basketball with your shoes untied. Accurate. And you fell, and I'm going to laugh at that every time. <laughs> that said, if we were playing pickup and and you were my teammate, and someone punched you in the face, I'm first guy to punch the guy back in that the face. That is
7: accurate. You mm-hmm. absolutely wouldn't. I that. could wait. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is true. I yeah, even I-
1: like a, a ticky-tack foul, <laughs> I'd probably hit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember thinking, I'll, like, he looks okay. I'm going to go get some cashews and find out if he's all right when I get there. <sighs> yeah seems to be slowly getting up he's not bleeding
5: i mean he's the youngest guy in the group we figure he's resilient i mean your head bounced off the floor okay you're all right i love the video man it's oh, great it really is because seaton's lower body starts going but
1: the rest of his upper body is still going to the hole for the pass <laughs> his upper body doesn't know that his lower body's already gone out and yeah. it's up in the air it's,
7: <laughs> it's wonderful crazy. so you you're
6: our andy dalton is that what you're saying
7: I don't know how McLovin would feel
6: about Yeah, I that, don't know
5: but... cuz McLovin loves Andy Dalton.
6: But uh, this was a pretty by the way this is like a real dangerous concussion <laughs> that we're talking about here. Oh, I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's just a joke. Yeah. Well, I think you guys got to take the Andy Dalton situation a little more seriously. Okay. <laughs> well,
5: I think we're taking it more serious than the Cowboys that were on the field are.
6: Like Cowboys, I mean they're they're checking their phones for their 401k's. <laughs>
5: Oh, that's a team that got paid, and they don't care. That's a shame. Uh, All right, uh, Tim Kalishaw will join us. He covers the Cowboys, Dallas Morning News, of course, uh, ESPN Around the Horn. He'll join us. Your phone calls are coming up, best and worst of the weekend. Settle on a poll question. A lot of college football to recap. Some great, great football over the weekend. And uh, last night, in case you missed it, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson had a showdown, and Arizona came out on top in overtime, Uh, 37-34. 38-34. Wait, what was the final? 37-34? Is that right?
6: That sounds right. It was crazy, by the way. As always
5: with the Uh, Seahawks. Cliff Kingsbury, there are some strange coaching decisions there, too. Strange coaching decisions. People
6: point out, have the Seahawks ever played a normal primetime game (laughs) in the history of the franchise?
5: (laughs) They're fun to watch, but man, are they flawed. They are great on offense, and they can't stop me. We'll take a break. We'll come back and get your phone calls. Tim Callishaw and the Cowboys. Would Jerry Jones make a decision on his coach? Is Mike McCarthy somehow on the hot seat? Or all these injuries, maybe it's not as hot as we think it could be. 20 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. I got something for you. November 6th and 7th, you're going to want to clear your schedule and catch the best thoroughbreds from around the world. They compete in the biggest international horse racing event of the year. It's called the Breeders' Cup World Championships. There's 14 championship races, over $31 million in prizes, and awards don't miss out. Two full days, legendary performances, and epic payouts. The Breeders' Cup coverage on NBC Sports runs November 6th and 7th. Friday's coverage starts at 2 in the afternoon, goes to 5.30 East Coast time. Saturday's coverage, noon to 5.30. Post time for the Breeders' Cup Classic, set for 5.13. The Breeders' Cup. Changes tracks every year with Keeneland hosting the second time. That's in Lexington, Kentucky. That's Lexington, Kentucky. That's Lexington, Kentucky. Easy for you to say. Just down the road from where many of the horses competing in the event were bred. Learn more at breederscup.com slash 2020. Breederscup.com slash 2020. Catch all the action live November 6th and 7th. Only on NBC Sports. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app.
3: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast,
5: uh, We'll come up with a poll question here. Your phone calls are welcome. We'll get to those coming up. Best and worst of the weekend. We are just talking about when a football analyst will say the following after a quarterback starts a game with a pick six. I don't think that's how they uh, thought this game was going to start. Or they you know, quarterback throws a pick six. Well, I think he'd like to have that one back. <laughs> you think so? I, I, I don't know. Let me think about that for a moment. You just threw a pick six. I think he'd like to have that one back. Yes, Paul. Or the uh,
1: tight end has a compound fracture. His bone sticking out. He goes, that does not look good. <laughs> that does not. It looks awful. His bone sticking out. Not, that doesn't look good. Yeah, You, you could say it looks awful. <laughs> that does not look good. Jimmy.
5: What are some of the other ones that you hear that you just go, you've got to be kidding me. That's that's the analysis that you get sometimes. You'd
1: like to have that one back? Yeah, Throwing it to the uh, wrong yeah. team for a pick six?
5: I don't think anybody starts the game and goes, man, I'd like to give him a head start and give him a little pick six here. What do you think?
6: I can't be the way they drew that up.
5: (laughs) Uh, We'll hear from uh, Tim Callishaw, Dallas Morning News. He's uh, set to join us. I sent Callishaw a picture of a heavy, heavy version, uh, like Kenny Rogers. And I said to Callishaw, I said, you look like a thinner younger Kenny Rogers. Remember when I sent that picture to you guys, did you think that Tim Kalashaw looked like maybe Kenny Rogers son or something like a thinner version of Kenny Rogers? I don't know if Kalashaw took it as a compliment. He joins us now on loan from uh, around the horn and Dallas morning news. You do. You look like a thinner mm-hmm. Kenny Rogers.
0: We go more with Josh Brolin. Okay. We discuss this topic on around the horn. Okay. Uh, Josh Brolin on a rough day.
5: Well, isn't that every day for Josh Brolin? Yeah. I think you
0: guys. James Brolin, you know, (laughs) on a real rough day.
5: I think you should put a side by side of that picture I sent you. Kenny Rogers. Yes. Okay. And do that on Around the Horn and let reality and everybody. Now, did I insult you by saying you're a thinner looking Kenny Rogers was a handsome guy.
0: Well, I'll take a thinner looking
2: anything. <laughs> that's,
5: that's fine. You can, you can pick. Uh, are the Cowboys easier to write about when they win or when they lose? Uh, they're easy to write
0: about when they lose. Uh, when they win, um, people feel good. You sell more newspapers when they win. That's a proven thing. Uh, so, so there's that. But, man, when, uh, th- uh, t- you know, now some teams, when they're bad, they're just not interesting, and they just kind of go away uh like i don't know what it's like to write about when the detroit lions are bad they probably just people are waiting for the red wings to drop the puck but when the cowboys are bad there's usually nine different things that are wrong and uh this year there there might be that might be multiplied so there, there's you can just pick out of a hat and 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 go from
5: there what does jerry jo- jones do now
0: You know, one of the real disappointments, not one of the serious disappointments, obviously, of COVID, but one of the real lighter disappointments of this year is that he doesn't do press conferences after every game because I can't imagine what level he would have reached yesterday. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to get beat up by Seattle or Arizona's offense. They can't stop the run with anybody not the Washington football team. They run for over 200 yards. And if you want to pick one area of the Cowboys that is not beat up by injuries, their front seven, they've got Jalen Smith. They've got der Esch. They've got Demarcus Lawrence. They've got Poe. They've got Alden Smith. They got Everson Griffin. They got Tyrone Crawford. They got guys who are supposed to be there and they can't tackle anybody.
5: And then you have the hit on Andy Dalton and that nobody (laughs) seems too concerned yeah about the cheap shot by uh, John Bostick
0: that was an it, it took the announcers a, a minute to kind of recognize but they did eventually say so, okay that's that's a brutal hit uh but yeah Amari Cooper is standing there and there's others around there had to be a number of players see it i would think the entire offensive line had to see it uh and nothing nothing at all i mean i can't imagine if that was Dak getting hit like that, that they wouldn't have done something. But that that just pointed to the the give up factor of this team. They looked like in the first quarter, they're out there to see when it's going to go badly and 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 you know how much it's going to feel like uh, Groundhog Day. They they got nothing on either side of the ball.
5: But quitting is worse than losing, Tim.
0: Yeah. And and of course, coaches will always and players will fight you. We didn't quit. Everybody has a great attitude. But when you see something like that and when you see it that and when you see a team that just gets gassed in the run and and announcers every week, whether it's the Monday night crew or yesterday was was Moose or, or a lot of times it's Troy and Joe Buck and they get very quickly. Out of position on these plays, they really get outflanked quickly with that defense. I mean, they're they're talking around the fact the team looks very poorly prepared and has no idea what to do, and the players never respond.
5: If Jerry had a do over, what would he do on the coaching front? Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: that, I mean, that's what. What was it about Mike McCarthy flying in and spending one night at the Jones house? And, oh, they were just so wowed by this guy. They couldn't believe it. Now, what have you seen in any game that he brings? He doesn't call the plays. So anytime the offense was playing well early in the year, that's Kellen Moore's offense. So what is he doing over there that he brings? I mean, he brought in all these coaches, guys he had in Green Bay 10 years ago, Mike Nolan, who hired him 20 years ago. It's just this cronyism-type coaching staff and and you wonder and, and you wonder how much uh jerry thought about like a matt rule he mentioned matt rule one time last december
2: yeah.
0: uh just after baylor played in the big 12 championship game what a great young coach he thought matt rule was and here matt rule took over a team that was just god awful and got rid of cam newton and i mean they're at least whatever they are three and four and they compete uh yeah i mean i i i don't know I don't know that he wouldn't like to rethink this a lot. Now, it's the first year, so I think both the pandemic, the DAC injury, the offensive line being completely wiped out, those are going to allow the coaches to skate for a year, but he has to be thinking this, this may have been a terrible hire.
5: Are the Cowboys buyers or sellers at the trade deadline?
0: I, you know, the, I don't think they have a lot to sell. I heard somebody saying... Trade one of their wide receivers. They don't need that many good ones. I mean, that's the one thing they have is is good wide receivers. You want to trade one of those and go, you know, draft a a linebacker with a neck injury. That's what, that's what excites you about rebuilding the team. I I don't think they will do much. They're certainly not buyers. They can't buy. I mean, I I don't know why in the world you would add to a to a terrible collection of talent that has this many injuries. But I I don't expect them to do a lot next week.
5: Yeah, there's nine more games.
0: There's a long season. I know. Man.
5: I know. But is that good or bad?
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> about for us or for the Cowboys? Here's something, here's something to watch for because people have talked about initially, oh, it's unfair. The Cowboys are going to get to have 25,000 fans and nobody else is having fans. And now some teams are getting some fans. Watch in two weeks when the Steelers are here and see how many terrible towels and black and gold fans there are in that stadium, it will be filled with them because the Cowboy fans that have bought those seats, they will gladly relinquish them. And the Steelers, when they came here eight years ago, they had forty thousand. <laughs> they
5: will. They travel. Down. They travel yeah. well. Yeah, they travel well. Uh, what are you going to do with the quarterbacking position?
0: Well, I mean that's that's kind of enormous. If I, you know, you would hope that's a one-week concussion, but I but I have no idea. That's something Now, if, if they thought Dalton was going to be out a long time, that's something they might have to at least go pick up. I don't know that Ben DiNucci is ready behind a, a makeshift offensive line. That's almost completely unfair. So you just kind of hope Dalton, who wasn't playing well by any means, but he would at least give you a chance in some of these games against the East, although that wasn't the case yesterday now that I think about it.
5: You wouldn't think about bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: Um, it, if if Miami wants to just give you give him away for a sixth round pick or something, I I would. I wouldn't trade a meaningful pick.
5: Yeah, they won't. But yeah,
0: I mean, he would. He would. He would at least give you a chance to kind of deal with the Giants and, and the things in this division.
5: Are you on around the horn t- uh, today,
0: Dan? Today is my fourth episode in a row, and tomorrow is scheduled to be the fifth. This is a a Marriotti like run <laughs> that, that I have not made in years. <laughs>
5: You're you're the Cal Ripkin, you're the Iron Man of around the horn.
0: Closing in on the 500th win, and we haven't 485, I believe, is the number. So we're looking at mid spring for some sort of celebration. If you want to,
5: yeah, but your Martin. your celebrations aren't as fun as they used to be. So I'm, why are they not? Because it's it's just not. There's you're not fun anymore.
0: <laughs> well that's more i'm not fun at parties and things like that but yeah i thought my celebrations on our little <clears throat> television program were just fine until now now you've got me nervous now i think i'm boring all the time
5: no 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 just me, just on this show it. Oh. that's it just oh, on okay. yeah not on around the horn Never. No, no, you're you're great on around the horn. Well, I wish you luck. And thank you. Although I do think that I didn't even get a response when I said it looks like you're uh, wearing a bowling shirt. Uh
0: oh, well, I was taking a lot of heat that day. That, you, you deserved it. it. I just kind of went with a casual look. That was our first <laughs> uh, first day back in this. That was the first day I had to do it by myself. The 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 producer has COVID, so uh, uh, I had to do the lights. I had to turn the lights on. I had to put the little card in front of the camera. So, white balance.
5: So, you spent all your time on setting up the shot and not how you look.
0: Just exhausted by (laughs) the the behind the scenes work.
5: (laughs) You're incredible. (laughs) You really are incredible. Uh, Well, it's great to talk to you. And uh, I'll be watching, as always, rooting. I'll be rooting. All right. And thanks thanks again, Tim, for, uh, for spending some time with my audience. I'm here for you. All right. That's Tim Kalishaw, Dallas Morning News. I think there's Kenny Rogers in there, too. You think, Paulie?
1: Yeah, but I think if uh, he's got the dark hair, Kenny Rogers kind of had gray hair early and also had the hair kind of down the middle. Yeah. A little more 70s, 80s look.
5: I think that if Kalishaw, you know had his hair done up, he could go as Kenny Rogers. Like Islands holiday. in
1: the Stream, Kenny Rogers.
5: Yes. Yes. Old little Dolly Parton action there. Nothing wrong with that. No. By the way, Dolly Parton is an American treasure. She really is. She is spectacular. She's funny, smart. Nobody sings like her. I think it was Glastonbury where they do those concerts and you can like Glastonbury 2017 or whatever it was. And she got up on stage for about 30 minutes and just played all of her hits. She was wonderful. She looked great. She's funny. That voice still sounds incredible, remarkable. There's a documentary that uh, Seaton was telling me about with Dolly Parton that's out, and I I just I love her. I think
7: she's she's just you know just a sweetheart, darling. Yes, he, And she's quick, you know, like every sentence has some kind of little like where you're like, dang, she's just great sense of humor. I like when she's talking about Jolene, and you know how she lost her man
5: to Jolene, and then I think she was asked about how does Jolene look nowadays? Or have you seen her? And, you know, she said, you know, something about she's not looking that good uh, anymore, but it was all about losing her man to Jolene. Jolene, take a break. Phone calls coming up. Play of the day as well. Back after this in the Dan Patrick show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon, Eastern six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio radio app
3: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh my God. The play
5: play of the day. Runner
3: left side, got it! We're going to play it and play it. This is
0: the play of the day. Check this out. Mayfield back to pass. Looks going towards the end zone, and it's
3: caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! (laughs) He got it! He got it! The rookie from
5: Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go! Wow. That's your play of the day. Play of the day is brought to you by the Breeders' Cup. November 6th and 7th, the world's best thoroughbreds compete in the 14 exhilarating races at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more at breederscup.com slash 2020 and catch all the action live on NBC Sports. Baker Mayfield had five touchdown passes and... That ties the uh, Browns franchise record shared by five others. Most recently, uh, Derek Anderson. That was back in 2007, also against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, I picked the Browns to go to the playoffs, but I'm still not sure about them. I don't know the injury with Odell Beckham. Um, you know, I still think they're a run first team or they should be. And they do have some, you know, some talent there on both sides of the ball. You played, you've beaten Cincinnati twice. You beat the Washington football team. You beat a Dallas team that is an enigma. I'm not really sure. It's like the Bears. Bears are five and one. I don't know how good they are, but you're on the national stage tonight. And of course, we overreact when we see something on the national stage, but, and I'm not sure about the Rams either. This is, this is a game that I'm anxious to watch because I want to find out just how good these teams are. And I don't even know if I'll find out, you know, by watching tonight, but these are two teams. I'm not quite sure I know who they are. And there's a few of those teams right now. I don't know who New England is right now. Seattle is Seattle really good? Or they're just really good at one thing? Are the Colts you know, the Raiders get blown out by Tampa Bay. Do we have we figured out Tampa Bay? Is Tampa Bay like legit? Like they're one of the top two or three teams in the NFC? Are they the best team in the NFC? You know, Packers get roughed up last week and then go to Houston. Houston, I didn't think they would be this bad. By the way, here's Deshaun Watson after losing and falling to one in six.
6: Sucks. Honestly, I uh, mean, this is new to me, so I'm, I'm, I'm going through it just like everyone else. You know, this is my first time experience something like this, so I'm just laying on the fly trying to stay positive, uh, continue to lead the guys, continue to come to work each and every day and try to improve.
5: Yeah, good luck with that. That is not a good team. Steelers, uh, they are who I thought they were going to be. Uh, The Titans, Titans showed me a lot down 20. Came back, made it interesting there. And, you know, they stayed with the game plan with Derrick Henry. And when you're down 20 and you just stay the course, and I, I thought that was really telling about this Tennessee team. But Pittsburgh's good. They find these receivers. You got a couple of running backs there. And if you give Ben, if Ben stays healthy, then they're a Super Bowl contender. Buccaneers adding Antonio Brown, which is interesting. I like how Bruce Arians was like, uh, Tom Brady didn't ask for this. He went, i like, oh, okay. All right, Bruce. Tom has been basically begging them to bring in Antonio Brown back in the spring. Yeah, Paul.
1: Want a quick uh, Antonio Brown bet? Quick prop bet? <sighs> okay. And Antonio Brown, what is he doing in January? Playing playoff football for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, other.
5: Oh, I was almost said doing time, but you know, you said, what's he doing?
1: Well, It's a civil suit. So he's
5: lucky there. Okay. Uh,
1: Other encapsulates a lot. Mm. Playing because the Tampa looks like they're going to make the playoffs. He's a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You would think with only what, 10 weeks to go. He's playing playoff football for the Bucs or other.
5: Here's Bruce Arians talking about bringing in Antonio Brown.
0: I think he's matured. And uh, I I believe in second chances. uh, Everybody wants to say that Tom picked him. Tom didn't have anything to do with it. This was some Jason I've been talking for a couple of weeks ever since the injuries to our other guys. And
2: uh, when the time was right, would we see if we could pull the trigger and fit it into what we want to get done? Mm. And we'll see. I mean, we have nothing. If Antonio does what I think he's going to do, he's going to be fine. All righty.
5: Well, good luck with that. Uh, I understand the injuries, but if I'm Mike Evans and I'm healthy and all of a sudden I'm not getting the ball like I normally get the ball, uh, Chris Godwin not getting the ball, you might get some uh, roughed-up feelings there. I know it's about winning, but you're going to bring in Antonio Brown, famously selfish, and Bruce Arians had been around him in Pittsburgh, so he knows Antonio Brown. And I know, you know, you just say, oh, he gets a second chance. This isn't his second chance. He's had numerous chances. But Bruce has to manage that personality and Tom Brady. I know Tom didn't want to get rid of him in New England. But... Antonio Brown gets his fifth chance, ninth chance, whatever it is. Yes, McLovin.
6: I do kind of get it because every time Godwin catches a pass and gets hit, it feels like he has trouble getting up. And Evans gets hurt every play too. So maybe, maybe it's brilliant to have depth this year.
5: Well, yeah, I understand it. And you got a team that you know is one of the best teams in the NFC, and you want to make sure that you're going to keep that you know momentum going. I just, it's, it's I don't know. It's just. I get a bad feeling with with him, and I, it's a one year deal, and it's an incentive laden, and he's got to you know be on his best behavior, and if Brady's there with him, and then hopefully he is, hopefully, because he we've, we're all in agreement. I mean, he's right now what a borderline Hall of Famer. I mean, he's an unbelievable talent, and an unbelievable story. Yeah, Paul.
1: It's not even a one-year deal. It's 13 weeks if all goes well. Like, if all goes perfectly well, he'll be a member of the Buccaneers for 13 weeks and never be on the roster. Yeah.
5: Well, he went from a three-year deal, I think $51 million, (laughs) to then it was a two-year deal that he was going to get, to now a one-year deal for whatever, a million or two, possibly there with Tom Brady. Phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Cody in Ohio leads us off. Hey, Cody. ADP
7: 59190. Best of the weekend, my Pittsburgh Steelers beating the undefeated Tennessee Titans.
0: The worst of the weekend, almost pulling an Atlanta Falcons. Thankfully, Mr. Rooney stays
7: in the press box, so we're all good there.
5: All right. Thank you, Cody. Uh, Allen, Atlanta. Speaking of an owner who likes to go to the sidelines there, thinking and in anticipation of a victory. Hey, Al. Rough. Rough. Got a best and worst and a question for Sensei Dan. Okay.
3: Okay. Best got to be game four of the World Series. Back and forth. Up, down. Eight straight half innings of a run scored. Beautiful game. Way that it ends even better. Worst. 0-0 0-0 for the weekend, starting with Illinois getting their teeth kicked in by Wisconsin, and ending with, of course, you know, another Falcons loss that they found a new way to lose. Yay! Just kick the damn field goal. Sorry. And the question, Danny, is what's worse? Getting your teeth kicked in 40-7, to or losing by one point because you went for it on fourth down again when there was
5: no point? I think it was 45-7, to but Nitpicking there, Al. the The Falcons. It, it was amazing because Todd Gurley has done this before, where he's you know, you know, basically went down on his own so they could run out the clock. When he was with the Rams a couple of years ago, he scores with a minute, little over a minute left, and the Lions were leading sixteen fourteen. The touchdown and then two point conversion gave the Lions a six point lead. If Gurley goes down outside the end zone eats up the clock, the Lions are going to get the ball back with very little time. Uh, but I, I'm going to give the Lions a whole lot of credit here. You know, Stafford and Prater with the extra point. But Todd Gurley knows if he falls down and runs the clock. I don't know who says this. That, that You know, because I know that uh, Todd Gurley was really upset after the game. He's mad as hell, as he said. Did Matt Ryan say, whatever you do, don't score a touchdown? Did the coaching staff say, whatever you do, don't score a touchdown?
1: Seems like someone's been saying that to
5: Zeke Elliott lately. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know what happens in a situation like that. I don't know if somebody asked Matt Ryan, hey, did you tell Todd not to score a touchdown? Thank you, Todd.
3: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall.
1: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.